Hello, everybody, and welcome to the sixth episode of Slasher Saturday. Joining me, as always, is my best friend and the woman I'm literally marrying tomorrow, Eleanor. Hello. (laughs) As you can tell by the title of this week's episode, this is a little bit different than our normal. But on Slasher Saturday, we hit stop and rewind on the VCR, or in this case, the Blu-ray, so we can look back at some of the most classic horror movies of all the horror genres throughout each generation, evaluate their impact on the horror movie landscape at the time, and give our opinions on how well the movie holds up today. This week's episode, of course, is The Conjuring 2. Came in, come out in 2016, a year where there was... Uh, I might say a good amount of horror films that we are interested in. I say we, as in myself and Eleanor, as this was our very first date. <laughs> yes, it was. Conjuring 2 was a very good first date. And I'm not going to lie, she asked me, and <laughs> I thought it was a prank, because what pretty girl would want to ask some nerd likes comic book movies to a horror movie of all things and uh i have not seen this movie since our first date maybe once but it's been a while and uh i i must say this is one of the uh i'm not i'm not super good with paranormal movies so i'll (laughs) say you literally screamed it was funny (laughs) i didn't scream but there was multiple times where i went oh (laughs) and uh just like looking at eleanor and there was not even a jump scene it was just like goosebumps hair sticking up on my arms and that is what james wan is great at if you've ever played phasmophobia it's a similar vibe for sure and uh the conjuring is of course or the conjuring 2 is of course the sequel to the conjuring as well as uh a part of a greater conjuring universe the annabelle movies the nun movies and before we get into it i would like to say to any of you listening If you're a fan of this show or want to see us get into a specific horror movie, if you are listening on YouTube, please feel free to comment down your favorite horror movie or a horror movie you would just be interested in hearing us review. Uh, First person that gets to comment on any of our videos, we will take that and use it for our next episode. So please, if you're interested in that, drop down in the comments below and give us your movie pick. The other horror movies in that year that we obviously went to our second date, our third date, our fourth (laughs) date, our fifth date, was all horror movies. It was a good year. And there was movies like Lights Out, Split, The Perch Election Year, Don't Breathe, Hush. Uh, There were some really good ones that came out that year. And uh, I'm very grateful to the horror genre. (laughs) Because, you know, we went to a movie and then to dinner, which was probably genius because we had something talk about at dinner a shared experience you know exactly nothing better with panda express other than horror movies i tell you what and i wasn't super familiar with the conjuring universe at the time or james wan but uh this movie is of course directed by the great james wan i'm a super big fan of a lot of his work not everything but including aquaman yeah and it was produced by rob cohen james wan himself and peter safran written by chad hayes and carrie hayes starring the pretty much paranormal icon at this point patrick wilson and vera farmiga as well as madison wall francis o'connor and lauren esposito the music was brilliantly composed by joseph bishara and the editor was kirk morey it was of course a new line cinema film which is, of course, distributed by Warner Brothers. And uh, it was a rather successful 
financial film. It was a budget of only forty million, and it ended up grossing three hundred and twenty plus million dollars. I can see why this movie was great. I I would I would say so myself. I of course am biased towards this movie. <laughs> I think we're both a little biased toward this movie, to be fair. <laughs> and it's not normally my cup of tea, you know. Like usually, paranormal movies are not my go-to. I like slasher; they're I a little bit love more fun. Paranormal movies. Slasher's just a little bit more fun. Paranormal is just like a little too real. <laughs> well, yeah, paranormal like. is like you shit your pants while you watch it. I thought it was interesting as we're going through the uh, horror film wiki page here because I have a bad memory problem. So this just helps me keep afloat. But the original title was the Enfield Poltergeist. Right. And they went with an alternate title for Conjuring 3, too. They put um, The Devil Made Me Do It was their subtitle. So it's interesting that they're like, no, let's not go with the subtitle. Then with the third movie, they're like, we're doing it. We're doing the subtitle. Right. Well, the movie starts out with a great shot of the Amityville window and in the upstairs where news reporters gathering around and we see the montage, basically a little bit of a recap of the first film, as well as the vision that our main character has. Why am I drawing a blank on her name? Miss Lorraine Warren. Lorraine Warren. See, I watched this movie an hour ago (laughs) and I'm already having memory problems. (laughs) She sees, if you guys aren't clear on this, she sees a vision when she's having a seance with everyone in the dining room of seeing this nun demon character and at the time the nun hadn't come out so we didn't know who this character was right and she sees the nun and the nun screams at her and then a spike goes through ed warren's back who is played by the brilliant patrick wilson right and so she basically foresees his death and she sees it then and she sees it later she sees it again at the beginning of this movie, and it kind of reinforces that, yes, we are seeing this again and again. This is a common theme. This is a fear for her. She thinks she's seeing the future. Right, it's foreshadowing. Right, exactly. Then after we get through the Amityville stuff, we're then introduced to the poltergeist of this movie, which is the Enfield poltergeist, judging by their original title. It's in Enfield, London, in... Uh, God, where is London? In England. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I could tell you that. <laughs> uh, I was about to say, I'm having geography problems today. Sorry, I'm geography. I'm having memory problems. That's I'm why there's two of us. <laughs> I'm geographically challenged today. <laughs> and it takes place back in the 70s. We meet a family of five, four children, and a single mom who's just abandoned by her ex-husband. And um, over the course of this movie, we get to learn about their family. Their, finding, their family dynamic is kind of the first thing we see. You see that London is still a dirty place, as I've seen in every movie. I'm sure it's beautiful in real life, but in every movie I've seen, which is like places it in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, it's always dirty. <laughs> yeah, give some love to London. Yeah, give London the love she deserves, please. <laughs> but of course, it's also that horror movie color aspect yes, it's to the it cool as well. toned very frightening it's very chilling off the back and the uh the music in this movie really uh, sets as soon as the tone. title card pops up you know oh my god this music is great you're like oh god here we go and in like the opening shots that we meet these um young british kids the main child who we'll be referring to is janet Janet is very important to the story. Her and her friend are caught outside smoking a cigarette. 
and get called in by the principal. And I giggled at this part because the principal takes a drag off the cigarette before like, <laughs> if I have to deal with these little brats, I need to smoke. Right. So then she goes inside, calls the mom. And as the little kids are leaving, it's like, how was your day? I'll tell you about it later. It wasn't great. You know, the whole thing right. of when you're leaving the schoolyard, they meet a school bully because the youngest child, Billy, of this family has a really bad stutter and he gets bullied for it. And the family kind of sticks together. And that's an important thing you want to keep in your brain analyzer for later is that this family sticks together and it gets them through this. Right. And, and they stand up against bullies. Right. Exactly. And so... We get back to their house, and the kids come in. The mom's on the phone with somebody about a bill, and I'm assuming a bill collector because she was like, no, I paid for it last month, blah, blah, blah. And then the kids come in. Everyone's yelling and hooting and hollering, and I just looked at Derek, and I said, this family dynamic is lovely, <laughs> as sarcastically as I could. <laughs> yeah, it gets it gets a little weird. So then later... In the evening, we get through, everyone's kind of done their homework, we've gotten our biscuits that we've been asking for 150 fucking times, <laughs> <laughs> and then Janet shows her older sister, Margaret, look what me and my friend made today at school, and Derek, before he even sees it, he goes, I know what the fuck that is, I'm like, it is a Ouija board, you know it is. Mm-hmm. Where every paranormal movie begins. Yes, and it was one, it was like a homemade one on the back of a cereal box with like stuck on magazine letters and the planchette, which is, if you didn't know what a planchette is, is, is a mover that you put your fingers on and it pushes it around the board when the spirit moves. Right. That, whatever. And it spells things out for you. And that was made out of like little pencils and a magnifying glass and stuff. Right. And she goes... No, I trust me, Margaret, it works. We were talking and asking a spirit things today at school. So already she's opened the door. She probably doesn't realize you have to say goodbye to these spirits. Otherwise, it leaves the door open. They try to talk to the ghosts. The ghosts don't answer, and Margaret goes, it's just a stupid toy anyway. And frustrated, Janet throws it under her bed. They go to bed. Everything seems normal. And I really liked the fact that they didn't use the typical paranormal tropes at that point where it starts moving and then the older sister asks the younger sister, was that you? You're lying. You're you know? totally pushing it. It was so you. And then they both would take their hands off of it and it would move and they'd both be like, ah! Right. Yeah. I'm right. really glad they, they didn't do that. And then James Wan's really good about stuff like that where you feel like, okay, there's going to be a jump scare, but it's just there a isn't. tension build instead. He uses jump scares, but he uses them brilliantly. And uh, I really liked that he kind of makes you think a trope is going to come, but kind of subverts it. Not only that, but he uses a lot of what you hear rather than what you see. Right. And that is a uses lot always your scarier. Own, uses your own imagination against you. Yes, and that is scarier. And when these girls go to bed... The um, younger sister, Janet, ends up teleporting. We hear her thud on the floor, and she wakes up. She's in the living room. She's like, what the fuck? How did I get down here? She was really confused. She was like, all right, I guess. I guess I'm down here. And she just keeps having these issues where she's sleepwalking. The older sister wakes up, sees her bed is empty, and is like, well, that's weird. Janet's not in bed. She rolls over, tries to go back to sleep, and you hear a loud knocking at the bedroom door. Just a bang, bang. Oh, yeah, and it's creepy. It's like, oh, God, that like does not someone, sound like a child's hand. No, someone's <laughs> pissed. Yeah, <laughs> and then 
She opens the door. She gets up, very slowly opens the door. You know, it's one of those, oh, God, just open the door already. And, of course, it's probably Yeah, and there's nothing there. Absolutely nothing there. And then the younger sister, Janet, comes back up the stairs, and she's like, were you knocking? And if you didn't catch this line of dialogue, they said it so quickly that I looked at Derek, and I was like, did you catch that, what they said? She said, were you knocking? She said, no, I wasn't. And then they went right back to bed like nothing happened. Right. It was like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, I just thought like, oh, maybe it was just something outside. Maybe it's a right. tree branch falling on the roof. Right, exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, maybe it was just some random ass occurrence. It's not going to happen again. We then jump back to the Americas where the Warrens are going on TV and they're getting interviewed. They're getting interviewed. And when they are in this interview, an expert, quote-unquote, someone of the academia world, if you will, right. is asked their opinion. And of course this dude's a total dill hole. And it's just like, it's, it's easy to fake people out when you're doing all this spooky shit. Uh-huh. And Ed Warren is like, how dare you insult my wife on this TV on this TV special? Right, you're telling me to be professional. You're sitting over here telling lies about my wife? Yeah, exactly. You're calling us quacks. He handled on TV. it really well. And backstage, uh, they're talking. He's like, "I know, I know. Count to ten. I'm counting to ten. I'm taking my deep breaths." Yeah. And uh, Lorraine's like, "Could you just calm down?" And he's like, "I am counting to ten right yeah. now." Yeah. I looked at Derek. I'm like, "You would have just stabbed him in the neck and been like, you want to keep talking? Oh, don't get choked up now.'" <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, 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 that's exactly what you would do. Yeah, I'm a child. <laughs> but then we go back to Enfield. We have another disturbance. Um, Janet ends up having another bit of sleepwalking. And she is not feeling well, is what her mother thinks, because she's starting to get that I haven't slept in like 40 years look in her face because she ends up just back in that living room and there's this creepy ass old leather chair that's cracked like the leather's all cracked and it's in this dark creepy corner that definitely looks like it has asbestos in it and it just (laughs) slowly starts rocking like when no one's sitting in it and i just looked at derek i'm like the chair is moving the fucking chair is moving do you not see the chair (laughs) (laughs) like i am disturbed because the chair is just rocking back and forth and back and forth and it's like Janet's not sitting in it. Her mom and her sister are like, oh, God, you're so fucking creepy, dude. Get back upstairs. Let's go to bed. Like, holy shit, this is weird. So, like, that's not a direct quote, obviously, but that's exactly, like, the vibe you were getting from right. it. They go back right. to the bedroom, and it's like, ew, I'm creeped out. And the sister, Janet, just starts talking into a corner. She looks into the corner of the bedroom and she's like having a conversation with herself. She's like, why are you here? Just go away. And then a slightly deeper version of her voice is like, this is my house. I live here. You need to leave. I'm going to break your mother's neck. Yeah, like, if you, do, I, I'm going to tell my mother on you. He's like, I'll break your mother's neck. And the other sister's like, could we please go to bed? I'm scared. That scene <laughs> was absolutely bone chilling because you see her scared looking into a dark corner and she's obviously she's dead ass asleep too she's obviously being used as a conduit for this demon or ghost at this point we're not sure and we obviously hear a conversation taking place and meanwhile the older sister is looking terrified because she can't see 
exactly what's in the corner. And after she wakes up her sister who's sleep-talking or whatever, she looks in the corner and she sees a poster or whatever, but she's looking closer and closer into the dark, and I just was at any second thinking, okay, something's going to grab her and pull her into hell. Especially because that poster looked really creepy in the dark, like and you couldn't make man. out what it was. And then the light turns on, and it's like, oh, God, please leave the light on. And that little girl thinks the same thing. She's like, I'm going to leave this light on, and rolls over and tries to go back to sleep. And at this point in the movie, this is when shit starts getting real, because... She is like, okay, I am seeing shit. My sister's seeing shit. Obviously, like, she's having some sort of issue. Like, I don't know how those little girls dealt with it. Because I would have already gotten up and been like, Mom, there's a problem. Like, my sister's possessed. We need to rehome her. Like, something something needs to happen. She's possessed. And then we go back to Lorraine and Ed. And Lorraine wakes up in bed. And realizes Ed's already up. She goes, huh, that's weird. She goes back downstairs. And she sees Ed is painting. I look at Derek. I go, you know what he's painting. You know what he's painting. And he goes, I've been seeing this thing. And I thought if I painted it, it would kind of get it out of my brain. You know, release it into the air. Make me feel better. And she looks at the painting. It's the goddamn nun that's been haunting them. And she's like, oh, No. We're not doing this again. And she tells Ed at the at the dining room table, you know, we can't do this again. No new clients. Like, we're going to stop doing the TV shows for a little while. I need a break. Like, this, there's something wrong here. And he asks her, why, why? What's going on? Why? Then why? she goes, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And he goes, yeah, I trust you. And that's what we get from them in that scene. <laughs> And just from that, like, these are two very likable characters. Their daughter joins them at the breakfast table. Like, they have a very bright and lovely home. They seem like very bubbly, kind, warm people. And if you've seen The Conjuring 1, they're obviously very, very willing to help other people. And then you get to this point where it's like, it's like, oh, well, they don't really want to help now. That means there's something wrong. That means there's something really big wrong. If they're seeing the same demon over and over again, you're like, okay, I'm sensing the common theme that this demon is somehow connected into all of this. You don't know how it is yet. Right. The next shot we get in London is Janet sitting at home on the couch and she's watching TV. I think every little kid has been there where their mom and dad are at work and they're sick and they're sitting on the couch and they're watching their show. Like, all right, I feel like shit. And she even, like, takes a bite of a sandwich and goes, ugh, and, like, sets it aside. I'm like, girl, I've been there where you're so sick where you're like, I just don't know. Sandwich tastes awful. Everything tastes awful. (laughs) Right. But I think it's not because she's a little kid that it tastes awful. It's because she's being possessed. Right, exactly. It's It's not because she's sick either. It's because she's being possessed, and that's what's making her sick. And she's watching this kind of comedy British show. And they're, it's a Christmas special because this is around Christmas time. And then the channel flips all of a sudden. And it goes to the Queen, like Queen Elizabeth. I think she was talking at some sort of presidential bit. Because she mentioned, really uh, right. It's weird, but she's like, what the fuck? Why didn't my channel change? And she gets the remote, changes it back. And then. She set, We see her clearly set it on the couch next to her. And she slumps back and continues watching her TV show. And then the channel changes again. 
And she looks, and the remote is gone. She's like, what the fuck? I set this right here. And she is looking. She's looking in the couch cushions, all the places we all look when we haven't seen the remote in a while. On the coffee table, under the coffee table, under the couch, everywhere. She turns and looks in that creepy-ass chair in the corner because she sees the reflection of the old man in the TV. And she's like, oh, what is that? Looks in the creepy-ass corner, and the remote drops out of midair like somebody was holding it. Yeah, the camera turns back to the the couch or the chair there's no old man but the remote is levitating and you hear his little yeah because he kind of sounds like he's sick he sounds like he's almost throwing up or he's got a breathing problem right kind of like he's growling right almost like a rabid animal right and then her mom calls her and she's like yeah i'm good mom everything's fine yeah i tried to eat and then she looks over and the tv channel changes again and she's just like what the absolute shit and then she's like no no no, mom i'm still here i'm still here you know when you go quiet on the phone and the person who's talking to you is like you there bro like she had one of those moments (laughs) and she's like um i'm not having a good time anymore she goes and changes the channel back after she gets off the phone with her mom and then the tv just goes static static fuzzy and this is back in the days of rabbit ears. So she's up there messing with the rabbit ears. She's like whacking she's banging the, TV. the TV. Right. And then it just like changes back to her show and she starts screaming bloody murder because it was terrifying. I'm like, oh my well, God. Well, no, the old man. Oh, yeah. Was the, oh, yeah. The old man showed up. She's like, oh. Yeah, the old man got in her face and said, this is my house. Yeah. And she's like, no. <laughs> and he looked fucking terrifying. I mean, he I had like went, yellow oh. eyes and like the yellow eyes, the stained skin. teeth, he, and the skin pale looked skin. Jaundiced. And, yeah. yeah, he looked super sick. He looked like he was well dead. Yeah, but he looked like somewhere in between. And uh, the way they used him, where you're basically just hearing him and feeling his presence, seeing him sitting, the indent in the chair. I like that they don't use him too much right and the sound of the chair creaking back and forth as he moves and they leave your imagination to kind of put together what he looks like for the most part other than a few brief shots and i really liked that right after this creepy ass scene we jump back to the warrens they're doing a really good job so far of setting up where everyone is and In this scene with the Warrens, they have a really adorable golden retriever laying in the living room, and the daughter is playing, um, if you have ever been a little girl, I know Derek probably might not be able to relate to this, but having a bead set with a bunch of string and making your own necklaces and bracelets, like, I used to do that as a little kid, so I was like, oh, fun, she's doing that. And Lorraine is sitting on the couch with a Bible or a crossword puzzle or something, And she kind of closes her eyes briefly, and then everything goes quiet. The TV sound goes quiet. She looks up around the room. The room's empty. So it's like she's, it's like, oh, okay, she's having a vision of some sort. She gets up from the couch, and she goes, oh, I wonder where my kid went. Goes in the hallway, and her kid's like standing in the hallway looking terrified. She goes, Mom, who is that? And points at the end of the hallway, and at the end of the hallway is the nun. The nun's standing there really cold and just looking at them and then she slowly turns and walks into another room another great example of james wan being able to scare you with the lights on yes because this is midday this is not like a typical horror movie where it's at night she's just down a very lit hallway and walks into a somewhat darker room right and she sends her daughter back into the living room 
It's like, okay, get out of here. And she goes down the hallway and looks into the left. It looks like an office space of some sort, but the office is already considerably darker. It has some really dark mahogany wood-looking blinds. Curtains are kind of drawn. The wallpaper and stuff is really dark. All the furniture is dark wood, so it looks and feels heavier and darker than the rest of the house. Right. And she walks in. She sees a couple of paintings Ed's done, and then behind her, the audience can see, but she hasn't looked yet, is a painting of the nun on the wall. Which Ed drew earlier in the film. Right. She goes in there and is kind of looking around. She's kind of freaked out. And then um, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen starts playing on a tape. Or I think it was that. Either way, a Christmas song starts playing on a tape really loud. And it's creepy. She looks at the tape and walks over turns it off and then in the silence we look up and you can see as an audience member she hasn't looked up and seen it yet but behind her that painting the eyes have lit up they're no longer dark they are now alive and they look yellow and creepy and gross (laughs) (laughs) like i i don't know how many times i looked at derek where i felt so creeped out that i was just like ew no (laughs) i'm not okay with this That was a great character to introduce into this movie, The Nun. I mean, the film was quite disappointing to a lot of people, but the use of The Nun in this movie was really well done. And we're just getting started at this point. And then Lorraine kind of turns and looks at the picture because she's just getting that feeling of, it's got to be this. And she turns and looks at the Nun picture and you see hands like you oh no you first you see a shadow going across the a wall shadow of the and nun. she's following the shadow and it lands on the picture and it stands perfectly so in place where where the shoulders would be of the picture is the shadow right and then around the sides of this picture come these gray creepy ass fingers with fingernails that look like they haven't been cleaned in 25 years and You sit there for a minute, you're like, oh, God, I wonder what's going to happen. And this painting starts screaming and jumps off the wall with the nun holding the fucking painting. It runs right at Lorraine. And she's like, ah! And she falls backwards and ends up falling into the, like, she falls backwards through a bunch of stuff that's behind her, collapsing on, like, cardboard boxes and looks like just like junk you'd find in storage. And she looks up and she's in the same basement she was in earlier when she saw the vision of Ed. So it's obviously like the Amityville ba- base- basement, I believe. I believe. And it, that's or never le- clarified, but I believe it I is. I think it's the basement of the Hogson's family. No, because remember, their basement was filled with water. This right, basement I, was dry. Was it? Yes. Oh. So this second basement was filled with shit and was dry. And she looks at the demon and she goes, who are you? What do you want? What is your name? And there's just a bunch of screaming from this demon where it's just yelling at her and Lorraine we see her real life body with her eyes closed she's screaming she's not having a good time and she's writing she's scribbling with a pen scratching the shit out of her bible page after page after page after page after page and then her daughter shakes her awake and is like mom what the fuck like what's going on why are you having such a bad vision she looks at her daughter and she's just like oh my god like I just saw some shit and looks at her bible like what the fuck did I do because there's pen writing everywhere in it we don't get to read what it says yet, but there is just, like, we see a bunch of scribbles. And then, cut, we go back to London. So the next night we're in London, Janet's not the only child that is seeing the creepy things. In this house is a tent where Billy likes to go. He sits in his tent with all of his toys and eats his cookies. And 
He listens to a toy that sings Biscuits. The... He eats all his biscuits. Oh, yes, biscuits. And he listens to this toy that when you spin it, a light comes on, and there's like a little dancing, creepy thing in the middle of it. But there's an old British song saying about a crooked man. It's like a crooked man lived in a crooked house and had a crooked mouse, that whole thing. Right. And so that's that little toy, they play with it for a little bit before everyone goes to bed. He gets a biscuit, and I remember the mom specifically saying, like, don't eat too many of those, dude, because you're going to get dry mouth, and you're going to need to get thirsty in the middle of the night and need to get up and get a drink. And he goes, I only had one, I promise. We zoom in on the plate after he's gone to bed. <laughs> it's empty. <laughs> right, of course it is. <laughs> so in the middle of the night, he gets up to go get his cup of water because obviously he's going... I need a little something, something. <laughs> so he gets up to go get a little something, something. A little parched. Yeah, he's a little parched. But we go back to Janet and Margaret's room, and they're saying goodnight to each other. Janet has tied herself with a jump rope to her bed because she feels like, mm, I've been sleepwalking. I don't really want to sleepwalk. And Margaret, who's the other sister, is laying in her bed. She has her headphones on. This is going to, it seems like a minor detail, but it is important. And... Janet goes to sleep, and then we wake up with her when she's on the floor because obviously she tried to get up and walk somewhere, and the jump rope stopped her. She's like, ow, what the hell? I'm on the floor. Either that or she was pulled from her bed. Right. That's what the audience assumes because we're like, something's not right here. <laughs> something's a little screwy with this. <laughs> and she looks up. She's like, that was weird. All right. And she hears a knocking at her door again, the same knocking. It's, it's creepy. It's creepy. So we just hear the same, like, do-do-do. She just looks at her sister. Her sister's still asleep. She's like, all right, that was weird. So she unties her wrist, goes over to open the door, opens it, doesn't see anyone out there, goes out there and goes, okay, I don't see anyone. Like, whatever. Let me get a flashlight, go look around a little bit, maybe. Like, okay, let's look around the hallway. I don't see anybody. Like, Jimmy, Billy, y'all around here, don't see anyone. She goes downstairs, and she sees the chairs moving. The chairs rocking and <laughs> rocking, and all of a sudden, it stops like someone got up in a angrily way. Like, all of a sudden, she's being chased. Right, exactly. And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> and she takes off booking it. I believe she tries to run back to her room. Yeah, she runs back up the stairs and goes back in her room and slams the door shut. Meanwhile, while this is happening, we cut back to the little brother, he apparently didn't hear that. He walks up the stairs, and he looks on the floor, and he sees this fire truck, because he trips over it, and he's like, ow, that hurt. If you didn't know, it's one of those fire trucks that lights up and squeals. So he pushes it into the teepee. After he's had his glass of water, he goes back, lays in bed, and the audience gets this lovely shot of us kind of leaning out of his room down the hallway, and we see that goddamn fire truck <laughs> go up the hallway at him, and it's like, woo, 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 and lands in his room, and he's like... I didn't do that. So he takes the fire truck and he does what any good scientist would do. And he runs an experiment. He takes this fire truck, goes over, and wheels it back into the teepee. And then, and then it comes back out at him and he screams for his mom. He's like, oh my God, there's things happening. This poor mom is having to deal with this. She's like, okay, go to bed. You're good. She finally gets back to bed. And then the two girls start having their issues. Their beds start rumbling and they're hearing knocking and all this crap. And they start screaming. They go get their mom and they're like, no, 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 no. Billy's not lying. This is real. This shit is real. So she comes in the room 
And she's like, no, I can't get any sleep because y'all are messing about and I just want to get some sleep so I can go to work tomorrow. She turns around and the dresser slams up against the door. And it's like, no one did that. Right. <laughs> like, no one touched that. The next scene we see is the whole family leaving the house, running across the street to their neighbors. They're like, we need help. The neighbors call the police. The police go in. They kind of do a little snoop around just to make sure that there's nobody in there. And while the family's in there investigating, the police take a chair out because they think they hear a noise in the wall. And the constable stands on the chair and she goes, I don't see anything up here. She gets down and the chair scoots itself in front of everyone. No one's touching it. And then tucks itself back under the table. And then the constable's like, I think you need to get some help and it's beyond our pay grade. There's a church over here. You can talk to a priest. Our next shot is Lorraine and Ed hearing recordings that some investigators had done with the constable, with the news crew, all this with type Janet. of stuff. Yes, with Janet, with the family. And it was like another voice was coming out of Janet. Right. The other voice came out of Janet, and obviously that got Ed and Lorraine interested in the case. And that's what finally brought them into the film and well, into the main story of this family. Right, because the Catholic Church is like, we can't do anything without solid proof. Right, and that's their so biggest thing. In. That's their biggest thing, is that they have to get evidence. So they spend a few days with this family. Obviously, they see a lot of different things happen, a lot of horrifying, terrifying things happen. Including and, the best thing, which was Janet sitting in the corner of the room, and right. she had her cu- a cup of water in her mouth. And the audience doesn't see it because all the characters turn away, but you can see her moving in the background. As and they're Ed recording is, yeah. so they can get the evidence, evidence so that they can get a proper exorcism. Yeah, and it was Ed talking to the old man ghost. And the old man responds, he's like, my name is Bill Wilkins. I'm 72 years old. You know, this is my house. I want to be with my family. And it's like, ew, it's gross. It came out of an 11-year-old girl. Right, and it was a terrifying, terrifying scene. One of the best paranormal scenes i've ever seen because it was not your typical jump scene it was a scene that basically was just kind of un it's what you hear not what you see you can see but it's unfocused so you can kind of see the little girl janet turning into bill wilkins and uh i think the way that they did it was just brilliant with his voice with his appearance through an un focused lens and basically they come to the conclusion after multiple investigations and bringing in other people from the church that the girl is faking it and that the family is faking it because janet purposefully in the kitchen where that she knows the cameras pointed at her starts throwing plates and starts making a mess so that the lorraines will leave and so that they will not investigate this so that they will not bring an exorcist here and so that all the news reporters will leave. And basically the demon says to Janet, if you don't make them leave, I'm going to kill your family. So obviously she wants to show that she is faking. So everybody leaves and that is when they get the tape recorders out on the bus or wherever they're at and Ed and Lorraine listen to the multiple footages and line them up together. The multiple times where the that Ed pulled out his cross on Janet when she was becoming too out of control. 
and, and the old Bill man Wilkins, would speak. Right, would speak in little jumbled phrases that didn't really make sense. And when you put them together, it was basically saying, help me, I need help, this thing won't let me go, I want to go, I'm looking for my family and all this. And Lorraine ends up having a vision where she actually gets to finally speak to the real Bill. And we s- discover... He's just a pawn in all this. He's just being used by He's being as a conduit. The, the demon that is using an appearance of a nun basically to rub the rub it in Lorraine's face that she the demon is making fun of Christianity. Right, exactly. And Catholicism. And then Lorraine and Ed rush back to the house because they're like, oh, crap, this family's made actually in, they're actually in trouble. Everyone rushes back to the house, gets in there. And Janet gets locked in by herself. And this is when we see Lorraine is like, okay, this is my visions coming true. A lightning bolt strikes a tree and we see the spike that Ed is supposed to fall on and die in this prophecy. Right. Ed ends up getting in the house, getting blinded by steam. But he is still looking for Janet, running upstairs, looking for her. And he finds her. She's in the room, in the little girl's bedroom where most all of the, the creepy stuff are, was. Right, all, the most activity is going on in the Right, house. and they put a bunch of crucifixes on the wall that at one point turned upside down. Real creepy stuff. And he gets in there and he's trying to help her and he's saying a bunch of Latin and going forward with his cross sense around his neck. And Lorraine finally gets in there as um, Janet tried to jump. And Ed was holding on to her to try to save her. And he's literally hanging out of a window by a curtain. And every couple seconds, every a ring, ring pops pop off, off the curtain. And then in the corner pops up this demon. The demon that is using a religious figure to basically scrutinize and... Uh, right, and to torment. Lorraine. And yeah. basically insult her and her faith. Which I was really glad that they never called the demon the nun. It would have been kind of insulting to nuns. It would have been, you know, maybe not in the real world, but at least in their world. So she called called it a demon representing an iconic religious figure. And before she ran in the house, she had actually gotten her Bible and had read the name. Because remember I told you guys earlier that she had scribbled in her Bible and we didn't know what it said. We figured out what it said and it's the name of the demon, which is Valak. Valak. And she runs in and she goes, I know your name, demon, and it gives me dominion over you. And she yells, like, Valak, and it starts hissing at her. And then she starts, if you're Catholic, she starts doing, like, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. I condemn, I condemn you, you back, you back to, to hell. hell. And this demon, like, gets absorbed by a shadow and disappears. And right before it disappears, you kind of see its true form. You see multiple horns, big teeth, you know, it's hard to totally point it out. But you see that, in fact, the nun was not its true form that right. what Lorraine said was in fact true. It was in fact a demon. Yeah. Right. And um at this point Ed still gets holding to the last on. ring of the curtain and the curtain breaks and Lorraine gets over there. They pull everyone back in and Ed and Lorraine have saved the day. And once again, we get a great conjuring story and credits roll. And in the credits, something that they always do that I really like is they always include, like, pictures and stuff from the real event in the credits. Right. As well as, like, a backstory of what happened afterward. And listening to some real audio 
that is, you know, we don't know 100% of how much of this is actually a true story or not. A lot of movies say based on true events when they're really not. But seeing pictures, hearing footage, like it does, you know, make, it does suspend your disbelief a lot. Ed and Lorraine were real people and they obviously felt like this was real evidence. So whether or not you believe that this stuff is real, Ed and Lorraine did. Right. And but they show why. There's still always going to be questions and controversy, controversies and mysteries and all that. But at the end of the day, what matters is, did this film work? Was this film a success? And does it hold up today? And I say yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's still scary. It has great pacing. And, um, it's not also, too long. It's got great music throughout the entire movie. Uses including, music, including Patrick Wilson singing to us. Right, and he's actually got a good voice. He's doing that he's great doing Elvis, Elvis impression, impression, and it was actually a really good cover. <laughs> Move over, Elvis movie. Patrick Wilson <laughs> yeah, already what, did it. <laughs> what, yeah, what the heck? Why didn't you get Patrick Wilson? Nah. Um, I would say there was a line that Patrick Wilson said in this movie that it, it was I'm, I'm paraphrasing here but forgive me it was somewhere along the lines of we believe in people when no one else does and we defend everybody and just the way he said it was so hopeful and full of light that i was like you know in another universe patrick wilson would have played a wonderful superman yeah, he definitely has that wholesome energy, like your yeah. your neighborhood Spider-Man kind of feel, almost your like um, the world's friend, right? Like, and you know he doesn't have the perfect hairline or whatever, but I think it would have been a really good role. And I was thinking, oh man, if Henry Cavill's out, maybe they could ask Patrick Wilson. And then I was like, oh wait, he's Ocean Master. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute, he's already in the DCU. Yeah, I really think uh, when it comes to the Conjuring movies, the Insidious movies. Patrick Wilson's the freaking man. Right. And um, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson in this movie, they shine. They right. really do. They are awesome. Yeah. New Line and Walter Hamada and James Wan. They, they've got, they've put out a couple of stinkers for sure, but this is one of the ones that really, really worked for me. And like I said from the beginning, yes, I'm biased, but even putting that aside, it still was a movie that pretty much scared me from start to finish not just from jump scares though it has great jump scares that doesn't piss me off that doesn't feel cheap it's not like oh here comes one and then it happens right and then it's just absurd or whatever but it builds intensity it builds tension it makes you frightened from things that it is showing you from things that it is not showing you and it's a movie that honestly i needed to watch during the day (laughs) <laughs> not gonna lie i mean yes it would be a better viewing experience at night for sure but, but you also wouldn't sleep yeah and we have some other movies we got to watch for the channel but what do you guys think of the conjuring 2 was it as good as the first movie was it better than the third movie we of course will go through the other conjuring movies and any other movies that you guys request we'll get to them as soon as we can so please feel free to shoot them in the comments below and we'll of course give you a shout out and that will do it for this week's episode thank you so much for being here and if you're listening on youtube please consider giving us a like uh, or dropping a comment for a next movie recommendation or subscribing to the channel any of the which really helps support us and we would like to thank you for that support 
If you're interested in an audio-only version of the show, we do have a podcast called The Slasher Saturday Podcast by Speed Force Media on Spotify, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And please consider coming back tomorrow for our sister podcast, Shipwreck Sunday, hosted by my beautiful wife tomorrow eleanor (laughs) where we get into the historical studies of everything shipwreck related that will do it for this week's episode thank you for being here it of course was a very special one for us very fun to get into all this forgive me for my memory problems (laughs) i try to block (laughs) some of this stuff out so i could sleep a little better but uh (laughs) thank you so much for the support guys we really appreciate it and until next week bye-bye Scary movie. Well, hello, Perry. It's 